Hello, hello, hello. Welcome or welcome back to Fancy Leather podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Taylor, and this week we are chatting to the wonderful Scout Sobel. But for now, let's hop into our intro. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? It's so lovely to be back recording, back on the grind. Schedule's been a bit all over the place recently, just with things going on in my life, things going on in Naomi's life, who's my small talk co-host, if you don't know, every first week we do an episode like this with a guest, and every second week I record with Naomi for small talk. So yeah, things have been a little hectic for us both for different reasons recently, so the schedule's been a bit of a a muddle, a hodgepodge if you will, but we're back on it, we're back on the grind, we're back to usual scheduling. We actually only just have this episode and then next week and then we are taking a break for Christmas! Actually maybe there's one more. Whatever, but anyway I'm so excited. I love Christmas, I'm a big Christmas gal, big big fan. Just such a wonderful time of year. Um, having kind of tired recently and the kids are very, I work in education, the kids are very full on, but I've decided just to lean into it and just, just let it happen, which leads me to my small wonder of the week. I have just been loving seeing people's houses decorated, which also makes me sad because I really lack decorations in my house because I ordered them and one packet the package like hasn't arrived yet which is odd because I ordered it like two weeks ago and the other package got sent to my parents house so I'm collecting it this weekend to then literally have it up for a week and a half to then take it all down to take home but it's fine um I do have a couple of things up which is sweet I'm not really in my house a lot but I just love seeing everyone's decorated houses when you drive past and where I'm living just now there's two houses that just really go above and beyond for Christmas and I'm just very here for it and maybe I'll post a picture of their houses on stories because I'm just I'm just so here for for that extraness would I do that level of extraness one day I want to say no but honestly maybe but I just love looking at it though I just live for it so that's my that's my wonder of the week so what I'm engaging with this week, I'm really desperately trying to get through my Goodreads challenge. I have four more books to read before the end of the year. Um, so at the moment I am reading High Rise Mystery, which is good so far. It's like a book for teenagers but or, or younger, but I bought it for my class, but then I decided it's too lo- long to read in my class, so I'm just reading it myself was featured on the zine that I had at it, Continue the Voice, so I thought I'd check it out because one of the other editors recommended it and so far I like it. I'm about 100 pages in so I need to get a move on um, but we're getting there. I just, I just kind of, I swear, I feel like I've read more than 30 books this year. If I count all the kids' books I've read then I've read way more but it's just, it's hard to find the time when you, you have this real life thing going on at the same time so that is what I'm engaging with and I will be engaging with more books because I want to make this challenge this year so stay tuned for updates on that one hopefully I will I will pass my challenge I will achieve my 30 book goal even if I have to put in the kids reading books I will because I read them too so that is what I'm engaging with this week 
So our small business spotlight for this week is actually someone that I've shouted out before, but I'm just such a big fan of them. They actually sent me something for shouting them out before, which was so, so sweet because I don't ever ask anyone to do that. Um, and they sent me this Swimming Ladies t-shirt, which I am obsessed with and I wear it all the time. And they're doing this 12 Days of Christmas thing at the moment, which actually by the time you're listening to us might be finished. But regardless, they're just a really cool company and I'm very here for them. They're called Limpet or Limpet Store um, online. It's limpetstore.com. And currently I'm obsessed with so many of their things. Um, They absolutely are on my birthday list. They have this stunning Milky Way embroidered sweatshirt, which they just brought back out for Christmas time. I really want their cross croissant stuff. I've been eyeing that up for ages and they just have the most gorgeous prints. They have some really cute Christmas cards if you're still needing something. Most of their time, like I said, they sent the Swimming Ladies t-shirt and I am in love with that. So I highly recommend checking that one out as well. But I just, I'm a big fan. They have come out with a new beanie that is inspired by like Beanie Babies, which is the cutest thing of all time. And I really want to get their Cat Club sweatshirt. I have been eyeing it up also for a while. So yeah, basically I want to own their whole store. So you should really check them out. They are, they're just stunning. Perfect stuff. Um, And exactly the place to go if you need like a last minute gift, then I hop on there or if you have someone's birthday coming up or if you just want to treat yourself because they have the the cutest stuff and I am really really tempted by this beanie baby beanie but they have so many things for everyone so definitely check them out so like I said it's limpetstore.com and you can also check them out on Instagram where I think they're just at limpetstore or something like that I'll link in the show notes because I can't remember the exact wording of it all okay so our poem of the week this week I found on Instagram it's love Amy fam I think if I say that that wrote it so it's the username is l-o-v-e-a-i-m-y-p-h-a-m but as per usual I will link it in the show notes I don't see a title for it so I'm just going to say that the title is the first line of the poem which is at least one of us got to so yeah this is at least one of us got to At least one of us got to experience soft sunsets on the horizon of the dark ocean and see snowflakes fall on tree leaves and a love so true that all else could be gone and luminous angels would still swarm the heart and soul and manipulate the mind. Yes, I just, I don't know, I just really liked reading that. So that was Love, Amy, fam, L-O-V-E-A-I-M-Y-P-H-A-M. So yeah, check them out. But for now, that is the end of this week's intro. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Please do remember to share the podcast, follow slash subscribe, leave a review, check us out on Instagram, check us out on TikTok at Fancy Blather for both. Check out our website, fancyblather.com. And now we are going to hop into our wonderful chat with Scout.
Okay, I am just hopping in here to give you our charity of the week for this week. So Scout picked the charity Big Brothers Big Sisters, which I know is an American charity, but they also have an international charity. And their mission is to help children around the world reach their potential, creating a better future for themselves, their countries and the global community. Obviously, there is an American one that is more local. Um, As the world's largest donor and volunteer-supported mentoring network, Big Brothers Big Sisters makes meaningful supervised matches between adult volunteers and children and youth in communities around the globe. So to get involved, you can donate, you can look into the country affiliates and find out how to get involved that way, find out how to get involved with mentoring, and you can stay up to date with all the news on this wonderful charity by checking them out at bbbsi.org, so triple bbsi.org. So yeah, for now, let's head back to our episode. Scout Sobel is the founder of Scout's Agency, co-host of the popular OKSIS podcast and the best-selling author of The Emotional Entrepreneur. She's a trailblazer in the media industry for utilising podcasts as a powerful form of PR. After starting OKSIS, which focuses on female guests, Scout fell in love with spreading women's stories and identified the rising popularity and influence of podcasting. She started Scout's agency with an emphasis in podcast PR for women entrepreneurs, podcasters and brands. In two and a half years, Scout's agency has become the leading agency for getting women as guests on podcasts. Scout has also lived with bipolar disorder for the last 15 years. She was once unable to function in society, but after finding entrepreneurship and taking radical responsibility over her emotions, She's now able to live a life of purpose. Her debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, provides the mindset and emotional tools she learned from from managing her mental illness that have helped her succeed in the business. The Emotional Entrepreneur hit number 11 on Amazon for women in business and the top 100 charts for entrepreneurship. And we are going to chat with her right now. Hi, Scout, and welcome to Fancy of Leather podcast. It is so lovely to have you here with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Amazing. So the first question that we like to ask all of our guests is, um, what's your small wonder of the week? And it doesn't actually have to be of the week, like just be in general. And it can be something as small as like a certain um, breathing exercise or something as big as like the air I suppose or just a, a way of living um kind of similar to in OKSIS when you do your current fixations yeah so right now I would say I just got the lofty alarm clock so my mm-hmm. small wonder of the week is that I'm leaving my phone charged in a separate room and not bringing it into my bedroom and then nice. I wake up not with my phone alarm or holding my phone or looking at my phone I wake up with now with the lofty alarm clock, I set it to be a, like a sound bath, sound bowl thing. So it's pretty incredible. I did not even touch my phone today until 8.30. Amazing. That's so nice. I know that 
I have a really old alarm clock so the only thing I need to like update I love the idea of a sound bath because mine is so old that it plays like the radio or it plays like that beeping noise where it's like and it's so intense and I'm like this is not really like it's nice I'm not looking at my phone but this is not really how I want to wake up every morning so I love that sound bath that's a great idea Perfect. So have you had any moments in your 20s where you have been surviving rather than thriving? And how did you overcome those times? Definitely. In my early 20s, I was diagnosed with bipolar Mm -hmm. disorder, actually at the age of 20. So really reining Mm -hmm. in and welcoming in my 20s. And so I really spent the first couple of years of my early 20s in survival mode. I had to Mm -hmm. drop out of college and I couldn't hold down a minimum wage job. I went through an outpatient program twice and an inpatient program and had to really experiment with a lot of psychiatric medication. And so the simplistic version answer of how I got out of it was that I decided to infuse hope into my day. And I developed a relationship with a higher power to take radical responsibility over my emotions. Amazing. I love that. That's a great way to overcome it. So um, kind of going into the idea of emotions and how you implement that into your life and overcoming certain emotions, what inspired you to write your emotional entrepreneur book? Like where, where did the idea kind of hatch, if you like? So writing a book has always been my first goal ever since I was really little. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an author, but I knew that I had to wait for the right idea, right time Mm -hmm. in my life to really offer something of value. And so the idea of the emotional entrepreneur really came to me in 2020. I started my current business scouts agency in February of 2019. And while I was still healing from my bipolar disorder and kind of in the middle of emerging stronger out of a mental illness, I recognized that business was highly emotional and that the only reason, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons that I've found success today in Scouts Agency, today we are a multiple, multiple six-figure business. We have a team of six is not because I understood PR or the service-based industry or strategies and P&Ls and marketing, but it's because I was able to walk through uncomfortable situations and emotionally be resilient within entrepreneurship. So I decided to write The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is really a marriage of my two lives. Uh, The mental health background that I've been on and the training and the experience I've had within the mental illness world and the entrepreneurship world. So it is a book comprised of 25 lessons. They are all emotional lessons that I have learned healing from bipolar disorder that I have been able to implement into the success of my business. I kind of like to call it the ultimate emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship. Amazing. I love that the book has a narrative that feels it kind of feels like a great um, combination of a TED talk, but at the same time of like a personal diary. It feels as if you're reading like these two things at the same time, which is such a difficult thing, I think, for a lot of people to write in that way. Did your writer's voice kind of come naturally or was it something you had to spend time on? Did you do any writing exercises or things like that? Or did it all just kind of pour out of you when you started writing? It completely poured out of me. So writing was and is my first love. It's the Mm -hmm. first thing that I really delved into and practiced over time. I've been writing short stories ever since I was 13, writing poetry, short narratives. 
I studied literature and writing in college before I dropped out. And so, yeah. (laughs) So I kind of immersed myself into a world of poetry, prose, Mm -hmm. literature, writing classes, um, and doing a daily practice of it for years and years and years. And so the thing that I think it was twofold why it flowed out of me. One, it was the perfect time for this message to come through me. I was at the point where I was embodying these 25 lessons. I had gone through the challenge and learned how to apply these lessons. And so I was here to talk about my lived experience that I had just come from. And then second, I wrote an extensive outline for the book. So I wrote what every chapter was going to be called. And then I wrote a summary of what each chapter was going to cover. So once I had that fleshed out super, super well, super thought out, really detailed, I just had to follow the outline. And so I worked with when my creativity levels are at their highest, which is the morning. And I swapped out my morning routine for writing um, and it poured out of me. I think I wrote it in a month and a half. Amazing. I love that. So for our listeners who don't know, you've mentioned bipolar disorder a little bit. But what is bipolar type 2 disorder and how does it differ from the other types of bipolar disorder? Not like you don't need to give all of the ins and outs, but just kind of like the, the main, the 411, I suppose, on it. So the main difference between type 1 and type 2 is type 1 leads more towards mania and type 2 leads more towards depression. So I am more on the depressive side of the bipolar okay. spectrum. Okay. Um, how do you feel that social media has impact the world of mental health, both in a positive way and in a negative way, not necessarily just individuals, mental health, but to take it further, like mental health charities and that kind of realm as well within mental health or business, like mental health within businesses. Oh, so much. I was diagnosed 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. which Instagram was kind of around. And mm-hmm. so yeah. social media back then was a place that you went to to digitally interact with people that were actually in your life, your friends, mm-hmm. your family, your colleagues, your peers, your coworkers. And so there wasn't the personal brand on social media yet. There wasn't hashtags about mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. Companies weren't on Instagram creating mental health campaigns. There weren't even businesses and content creation businesses centered around mental health. So in that sense, when I was diagnosed, I felt completely crazy. I felt done for. Mm -hmm. I thought my life was over because there was no social platform where mental health was talked about. I didn't have anyone that I could turn to in my physical life um, that had this disease and illness. And then I also couldn't turn to the public internet world to find someone that was really intimate, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe a celebrity had a quote in an article, but I couldn't go to a public figure or a content creator and listen to her podcast and read her blog posts and really connect with her story and use her resources. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I felt very alone, very alone. And so I think that today, the beautiful thing about social media, I get DMs. I've gotten plenty of DMs of women who say, Mm -hmm. I just got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And because I follow you, I don't feel scared. And when that happens, like I just cry because I remember what I felt like and I remember how alone I felt. And Mm so I think that social media has opened up the conversation around mental health. It's allowed businesses to be built around mental health. It's allowed mental health awareness month campaigns 
And on the flip side, the very nature of social media is detrimental to our mental health (laughs) as a widespread addictive situation. So you really have to look at the good and you have to look at the bad. I believe fortunately that the bad can be, what's the word? You can take the bad aspects of social media and you, what we don't realize is that we have the power to change our relationship to those bad aspects. So we don't need to be following people who don't make us feel good. It's it's like transformative. Yeah, like you can curate your feed. You can place boundaries on how long you're on the internet. You can develop a really beautiful practice of when you feel Mm -hmm. yourself comparing yourself. So, you know, it's, it's a pro and con list for sure. But I am really grateful that mental health on the internet and on Instagram and social is being widely talked about. Yeah, I love that. That's a great answer. Um, so I adore the way you talk about emotional independence and in lesson four. That was my favorite lesson to read about because I think that really goes beyond kind of just not a lot of the lessons actually do go beyond entrepreneurship. I think they just go into career in general. I think as a like an educator, that one just really, really um what's now I can't think. I really resonated. There we go. Um that one just really resonated with me. And I just thought it was such an important topic. So I wonder if you could kind of just explain a little bit for the listeners what is um emotional independence? What does that mean and why is it so important? I love that you bring that up because that is the feedback I've gotten from the book, that mm-hmm. it's not just applicable to entrepreneurship. There's a couple anecdotes that are very specific to being a business owner, but I would say 80% of the book really is just for the woman specifically who has a passion, has a goal, wants to live a fulfilling life. You're, you're very spot on that these lessons transcend the business world and just into living a life of purpose. So emotional independence was a really hard one for me to learn. I outsourced my emotions because I did not have the tools to deal with them in a healthy and responsible way. And I had a very negative relationship to my emotions. I was afraid of them. I hated them. I didn't accept that they arrived in my body and I provided evidence of how they destroyed my life. And so when emotions got too great to kind of, you know, I would go into a tizzy and freak out that it was too, too painful. I would outsource them to my therapist, to my dad, to my husband, to my loved ones, and kind of say, Hey, you take care of it. You make me dinner. You come home from work. You pick me up. You spend the day with me. And it wasn't until and I, I want to back up and say that when you are experiencing intense hardship and turmoil, having a support system is very, very important. It is very important. We all need that support system. There's a difference between having a healthy support system and not taking radical emotional responsibility over your experience. When you don't take radical responsibility, you are in victimhood mode and you believe that everyone else should deal with your problems instead of yourself. Mm -hmm. You can go to therapy offices, you can get on psychiatric medication, you can do all the things, but if you aren't playing an active participant in your healing and really accepting the cards you've been dealt, healing will not be possible. So I think a lot in our society, we talk about financial independence or having independence from your parents, uh, being able to pay the bills, but emotional (laughs) independence is where you allow your life to flourish because if you take responsibility over everything that happens in your life, you can understand 
where you're playing a part in your shortcomings and your limitations, what strengths of yours are allowing you to propel forward. And then you can really get intimate with yourself and look around and change what you want to change. Amazing. So what advice would you give to someone who is considering being and becoming an entrepreneur? And I suppose going along that line, also, what advice would you give just to somebody who wants to live? Perhaps entrepreneurship is not what they want to do, but they just want to start living a more purposeful life. Accept that discomfort is the key to the gate of living your life of purpose. When we talk about finding our purpose, our passion, when we start a talk about becoming an entrepreneur and going after the career we've always wanted, becoming a mother, having a family, everything that you want to do that has a higher level of fulfillment will come with intense discomfort, challenges, and pain. So before you say, I'm ready, I'm jumping in, have the passion, have the excitement, have the vision, have the why, and say to yourself, when discomfort comes, when the challenges come, when the pain comes, which it will, and I accept that it will, because I am a human and this is part of the human experience, mm-hmm. I will walk through that fire in pursuit of that greater vision. I think that's the most important part. I'm reading a Courage is the Way by Ryan Holiday. It's his mm-hmm. new book. And there's this quote in it from someone else. You know, this just came to me. I read it last night. And it's about soldiers going to war and the first war they have to, the first battle that they have to Mm -hmm. successfully conquer is the battle with themselves before they go to the actual war, because that's the most scary part of the whole thing is the anticipation before Uh and how you're going to relate to yourself before you walk onto the battlefield. So that war between yourself, I think is so important to conquer first. Amazing. I love that. So as an entrepreneur, you have like kind of multiple, multiple revenues or multiple projects happening all at one time. How do you effectively time manage and also kind of source time out for personal life and things like that? What is your go-to? I know it is different for everyone, but is there something that works particularly well for you that might for a listener at home? Yes. I think there's many different types of entrepreneurs and many different types of you know, careers and Mm -hmm. many different types of work structures that light different people up. For me, I cannot just do one thing. It's a curse (laughs) and a blessing. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and I think, I think more and more people are coming out and understanding that, but also not wanting the overwhelm and the stress that comes from that because Mm -hmm. you really are, you know, it's real estate in your mind. If you have five things that you have to think about all the time, that emotionally and energetically drains you more than thinking about one big thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, first, this is how I operate. I love having different things. I have OKSYS podcast. I have the Emotional Entrepreneur podcast. I have my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, and I have Scouts Agency. And I am incubating the next project right now in my mind. So (laughs) I think that first, first off, you start very small and you do the things you can do and then you grow each one to the point where you get help, right? So Danielle, who is my assistant and brand manager, Mm -hmm. none of this would be possible if she wasn't supporting the overall mission Mm -hmm. of emotional entrepreneurship and supporting women through podcasting. So you might look at me and say that there is so much that goes into, even on a social media standpoint, into all my projects, but I have a team. I have a team of Mm -hmm. six who help the shit move forward. And so in the beginning, it was just me. There was a time when I was 
working on OKSIS, my day job, and starting Scott's agency all at the same time. And in those moments, your operations are leaner. They aren't as complicated. They aren't as expanded. So you start by doing all the tasks yourself. And then as you grow and develop revenue and the structure starts to get laid out, you hire to help with the tasks that you were once doing so that you can go into the next level of leadership and to the next level of vision holding for your business. So um, you know, I have some systems like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the days I take calls, Mondays and mm-hmm. Fridays, I only have my team calls and then I don't take calls so that I can work and do things, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. record the podcast, answer emails, do sales, etc. So I have some systems like that, but I don't, I don't really have, you know, I know a lot of people really time block like Tuesdays mm-hmm. for the agency, Wednesdays for the podcast, but when you run an agency with 15 plus clients and a team of six, it's, you can't like time batch one day a week yeah. to work on that. So, you know, I have my priorities. Scouts agency comes first, no matter what. And then it's okay, sis. And then it's my personal podcast. That's how it goes. Amazing. That's good to know. So hi, kind of going on the same realm. This is a bit of a corny question that we always like to ask. Um, how do you ensure the capital H in hustle is health? How do I feel it's what? How do, how do you ensure the capital H in hustle is health. Is health? Yeah. By accepting that balance is not attainable. By accepting that it is okay if you get a little stressed out. By accepting that the reality of work is that sometimes the hours are long. It's accepting that there are moments when you will put in more than you're supposed to. And to not make that toxic or shameful or wrong, but to understand that is part of building a business. The point though, is that when you have, you know, this happened to me this week, Monday and Tuesday were a little stressful. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was a lot on my plate and I felt like the hustle was getting ahead of me and I started to not feel great. And so I took a step back. I talked to my coach and I said, this doesn't feel good. I understand that there were some things that happened on Monday. Something didn't go to plan. I had to jump in it. You know, there was, you know, shit comes up, but now that I've handled it and we're moving on, how can I rebalance and recenter and implement habits to reground and rest and come back to myself? So it's not necessarily trying to negate hustle moments mm-hmm. or negate when you have to be in your masculine or negate that what we're doing won't be extremely stressful at sometimes. It's once you put out the fire and once you've handled your shit, you come back and say, how do I take care of me? And how do I implement the systems and routines? What do I need to double down on? It's being in a constant conversation with yourself and knowing that and understanding the fine line, right? Understanding the line of, okay, I've handled it. Why is my body still in flight and flight, flight or fright? Whoa fight or flight? Why is my nervous system still ramped up? And why do I feel like I still have to work late? That's Mm -hmm. because you haven't fully allowed your body to know it's safe now and we're good. And we're going to move into more of a resting, nourishing moment. So it's, you know, two things. It's understanding that it's part of the game. It's part of life. There is no way to hide from stressful, intense moments. Yeah. And you get to be in a constant dialogue with yourself and you get to take care of yourself the best way you can so that those stressful moments are few and far between and you can recover quicker from them. 
Amazing. I love the idea of reminding your body, like this is the time to rest. Cause I think we do sometimes forget that like you're in that moment where you've had that really stressful day and you've had the coffee to get you through. And maybe you're still having like a bit of a caffeine rush. And instead of like taking that moment to be like, okay, like let's sit down and like, let's like put our thoughts on paper or whatever works for you. Go just keep going. Cause that's, that's how you lead to burnout, which sadly is something that happens a lot in in every career honestly and something that is like needs to be addressed want to point out Mm -hmm. and I write this in my book a lot is that a lot of people complain about burnout and yet they don't effectively use their off hours to nourish themselves exactly scrolling on social media and Instagram and binging on Netflix I do it don't get me wrong I do it (laughs) But that is a coping mechanism and a way to numb yourself is going to actually cause more burnout at the end of the day, because you're not doing things that fill your soul and cup up. If you're looking at your phone first thing in the morning and you think it's your job that's burning you out, mm -mm, it's the way you take care of yourself between your five to nine. So I'm a big proponent of going hard from nine to five, but that five to nine I put my phone away, I'm meditating, I'm moving my body, I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm going for walks, I'm connecting with my husband, I'm cooking dinner. I'm not Mm -hmm. just sitting in an endless stimulation loop, scrolling on Instagram or binging mindless television constantly. And I think that that's a really important part of the conversation. I think we blame burnout on our jobs. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, definitely have a part here. But I think the burnout gets driven home by the way we treat ourselves when we're not at work. Yeah, definitely. I totally, I totally agree. And I think that's also a great thing that if it is something you do struggle with, um, therapy is a great place to discuss that. Like that is one of the main topics in my therapy. And I think it's something that everyone can benefit from. I don't think it matters if you have anything going on, like therapy is great for everyone and can benefit from that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that they can be really helpful if you have kind of just gained the the bad habits of checking your phone early in the morning because it becomes a habit and it's hard to break something when you do it so often and it makes you like feel weird so therapy helps you to make that change yeah and you know putting an alarm clock in your room and yeah your phone (laughs) out of your bedroom (laughs) I agree and keep it yeah keep it charging in a different room is always always key amazing so what are some of your thriving moments from your 20s kind of like a highlight reel if you will okay highlight reel let's go I love the highlight reel I call them I don't call it highlight reel I call it my wins Um, that's cool yeah when I was 22 I raised ten thousand dollars on kickstarter to start my own magazine one of the wins from that was our third issue, Barnes & Noble emailed me and decided to pick it up and distribute it across the country in the United States on every Barnes & Noble location. And Halsey, the musician, was on the cover. Wow. Um, another one of my wins is when OKSIS Podcast made the new and noteworthy from Apple, when we signed with Podcast Nation, when we packed the house at the Dream Hotel for our first live event with 100 women. And then more highlight reels. I have so many. I love them. More highlight reels. Scott's agency hit a six-figure revenue in our first year. The second year, we grew 250%. And this year, we've grown 60%. So that building a team and creating a financially sustainable business has been the mm-hmm. most fulfilling thing in my 20s. Amazing. I love oh, and then, I love- you know, oh. the fact that my book hit number 11. Oh, on yeah, of course. Don't forget the business. <laughs> 
I know I love listening to people's highlight reels. I think it's nice for guests to have that moment as well to to think about what what are their successes, what are their kind of highlights that have happened. I have one more. Oh, go. I got married to my wonderful husband in my 20s. <laughs> get, get you all that in, in case he's listening. Yeah. He's, he's in the other room, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you had to sum up what your 20s were like in three words, what would they be? Or a phrase? Challenging. They cracked me open. Mm-hmm. And they revealed my strength. Nice. I love that. So a little bit of rapid fire and um, matching suits or matching sweats, matching suits and um, physical book or ebook, physical book, podcast or radio podcast. What's your go-to drink order? Alcoholic or regular? Go both. Alcoholic uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Nice. Regular black coffee. Morning routine essentials. No phone, journaling, and meditation and movement. A place you want to visit? Marrakesh. And a woman who inspires you? Oh. Or you can name like top five if it's too hard to have one. There's so, so many. Um, Jessica's why comes to mind. She's been a very, very beloved client of mine for two years and she's really been a role model and mentor for me within the agency space amazing so just before we finish off where can our listeners find you shut yourself out plug yourself you can find me on instagram at scout sobel there you can find links to my agency scouts agency my podcast the emotional entrepreneur podcast okay sis podcast as well as in the link in my bio you can buy my book the emotional entrepreneur, or you can just search it on Amazon and get it there. Perfect. And then finally, we like to end off every week by asking our guests, what have you been engaging with this week? Is there something that's been particularly enjoyable for you to engage with recently? It can be a book, a candle, a board game, anything at all that's kind of been taking up space in your mind in a good way recently. Ooh, that's a really good one. I would say um, Melissa Wood, the Melissa Wood Health app. I do her Pilates and yoga sessions. And then Mm -hmm. her meditations have just been mm, giving me everything every single morning. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sky. It was lovely to chat with you. And um, for the listeners at home, I will have everything linked in the show notes. So you'll be able to find everything that you need to find there. And I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Bye. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening along. To keep up to date with all things fab, head to Instagram or TikTok or both um, at Fancy Blather. Check out our website, fancyblather.com. Please do reshare, review, and follow us, subscribe to the podcast. And stay tuned. We will have a new episode of Small Talk out next Monday with Naomi. So good things to come. Enjoy your week, everyone. Bye. Bye.